0: Love Hope, Radio.
1: From Lives in the Balance, the nonprofit organization committed to advocating on behalf of behaviorally challenging kids and their caregivers, this is Dr. Ross Green. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs live each Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help your challenging child and implement the collaborative problem-solving approach at home. If you have a question or comment, call 347-994-2981. If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about your challenging child and what we can do to help you make things better well hello there and uh, welcome to today's program I am delighted to uh, remind you if you don't know already that today is a parents panel day first Tuesday of every month we are joined by several parents and um, today's the day and this is always an exciting day for me because I get to talk less and parents who've uh, been through it and um been on the journey get to talk instead of me so how cool is that um, but that doesn't mean you can't call in and uh... yes we did have some technical difficulties with last week's program but the good folks at blog talk radio um, figured it out for me um, all i had to do was refresh my browser to solve those problems So i'm feeling a little goofy for having not been able to figure that out on my own but uh... here we are we did finally figure it out if you have a question or comment uh, The number to call in is 347-994-2981. And, uh, boy, you know, we prioritize callers on this program, but you can also email me if you're not the calling in type. If you want to send a question electronically, you can do it through the contact form on the Lives in the Balance website, and that's www.livesinthebalance.org. Now, I'm going to bring our our, uh, parents on one at a time because I'm – Not completely acquainted with area codes yet. I think we have Sharon on, yes? Yes. Hi, Sharon. And I think we have Susie on, yes?
2: Yes. Hi, Dr. Green. How are you? Good, yes. And
1: from area code 207, who do we have on?
3: Kristen.
1: Hi, Kristen. How are you?
3: Hi. Good. How are you? This
1: This is Kristen's first appearance on the program, and I'm told by Peter, I think, that um, Peter, who is usually our fourth person, um, apparently Peter is going to be indisposed for the day because of the bad snowstorm that is uh, hitting his neck of the woods. I don't want to say exactly where he is in Canada, but Peter joins in from Canada when we do this parents' panel. And Peter happens to be in the same part of Canada that I'm supposed to be in uh, by late tonight. So we'll have to see if I'm actually able to get there. Peter's there already, but with kids home from school, he may not be able to participate in our program today, but I'm delighted to have you three with us today. How are you all? Great. Good thing. Good. Um, I thought we might start today with a question, because I've gotten this email from somebody, and um, I thought that this would be a good place to start to get the discussion rolling today. But, of course, if any of our parent panel members have things they want to talk about today, that's fair game as well. Here's the question. Are we ready? Because I think at least two of you, maybe one more than the rest, have had experience with this. Here we go. Uh, This is an email from a mom who's saying, We are trying to get our daughter's school on board with collaborative problem solving, but they are very traditional in their thinking. There was an incident last week that was mishandled by them, which caused my daughter to receive a detention Um, No one ever asked her side of what happened, and no one tried to get her and the other girls together to hear both sides of the story. We have a meeting with the school on Friday. I plan to go armed with the checklist that was in the packet of materials that you can download from the Lives in the Balance website. Actually, I think Peter has joined us as well. Hold on just a sec. I'll interrupt the email. Peter, do we have you with us? Yes, I'm here. Outstanding, and, and with children in tow, no doubt.
4: Well, my wife's uh, uh, shopping with him currently, but... Uh, Got it. They, well,
1: the, it, that that gives you credibility. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a meeting with... I'm going to Peter, did you hear the beginning of the email?
4: I'm sorry I didn't.
1: Okay, I'm going to start over. This is from a mom... Uh, and this is going to be our lead-off question today, but where the, sh- where the program will go after that, we'll find out. Um, Dr. Green, we're trying to get our daughter's school on board with CPS, but they're very traditional in their thinking. There was an incident last week that was mishandled by them, which caused my daughter to receive a detention for a major infraction. No one ever asked for her side of what happened, and no one tried to get her and the other girls together to hear both sides of the story. We have a meeting with the school on Friday. I think this was this past Friday. So if this mom wants to call in, it's a good time to do it. We have one phone line open, given that four are occupied by our parents' panel. Um, I plan to go armed with the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems. I'm hoping that they agree with me that my daughter has lagging skills that need to be addressed, not more diagnoses that need treatment or medication. Um, The question, is it possible... Somewhere in this email is the question that this mom asked right after that. Um, is it possible to get? Here it is. It, it, the goal, uh, is it possible to? Does CPS still work if the school is not in agreement with doing it, and CPS just goes on at home? Parents panel, what do you think? Interesting question. One that I hear frequently. Um. <laughs> But uh, let's see. Susie, I know that you've had experience with doing CPS at home and not necessarily having it done at school, but not that you're the only one who should chime in. But um, what do you all think? Home and not school, is this plane going to take off? It's a really – oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, go ahead. No, please. Go ahead. Um, (laughs) It is an interesting question. We are living it for the past – Two and a half years now, um, it is possible. It's sort of like trudging through mud um when you have when you have a school district, when you have the principal and the guidance counselor school psychologist who are just very set in their conventional wisdom like ways um and unfortunately will not or for some reason not able to change their lenses and and view the child as having lagging skills and thus some unsolved problems um all i can say is you just you have to try and go in there as as calm as possible, even though you might be feeling otherwise, so that you can think clearly. And you try to give them examples, such as if you took the child, if the if the kid was having difficulty seeing and you took him to the um, optometrist, he would, that's an old example of Dr. Green's, but it's one that I, I really like. The, the doctor wouldn't, give a detention to the kid because they couldn't see, he would help the kid try on some different glasses and um, then, of course, the child could see. Um, or or the example, if the child was having problems in math, you wouldn't punish the kid or um, sus- suspend him from school. You would get him a math tutor so it is possible it's not easy you're the lone wolf but i will say um in in sticking to your beliefs your child really appreciates it and and it just um builds a relationship with your child that at least somebody's getting it, and um, unfortunately, it's not the school. But at least in in another very significant part of their lives, um, the child being listened to and helped.
3: Right. I would encourage uh, the the parent to definitely continue at home, um, and and to continue trying with the school. Um, and, and again, in giving examples, give specific examples about that child. Um, you know how, like we practice. You know, we practice doing this with our problem-solving at home. So, why not bring those specific examples right to the table to the school um, of of what has worked for you? What what's what's going right? And you know, you don't want to blatantly say what's going wrong with the school system, but at the same time, uh, just keep pointing out what is working for this child, what is working at home, and why cannot not be working here at school? Because what a missed opportunity whoever gave detention um, or whatnot uh, for learning, for teaching, uh, just to, to hand a child detention no matter who it is, um, that's really a missed opportunity for uh, a lot more that could, could go on, in, in my estimation anyway.
4: I find that um, there's a lot that things that you can do at home to not make things worse at school.
3: Mm.
4: Uh, my my son is quite young; he's uh, my older one, anyway. Uh, we noticed he had problems in grade one, and uh, we didn't get a lot of support from the from the school. But one of the things that we did do is that we we were told uh, from the teachers that uh, please reinforce certain things at home when when he had trouble listening or something like that. And rather than doing it. Um, Right away, we would take some time to let him calm down for a few hours, um, and 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 it helped him a lot just to have some, oh that we were on his side, and that that he had some some space to be safe. And then when he br- we, when he was willing to talk about it, that's when we were receptive to to discuss the the situation. And so just just uh, giving him some space was very helpful for him.
0: I also think Char- sometimes. Hi, I think the um I think the teachers want the children to succeed. Um I think that they're at a loss and they're um you know listening to someone higher up whether it's the principal or whatever and you know they want to have a classroom that works. So I think the teachers are open. And so if you can calmly tell them just a few just a couple of things, don't like overwhelm them, but a few ideas or strategies that can work with your child. And maybe meet with the child and the teacher and the, the parent, you know, together as a group and have the child be part of it. And uh, maybe the child can give some information as to what, what gets them off, off balance or what causes something and work together, as you say, to collaborate and to come up with a plan and have, you know, have the child um, be part of it if they can.
1: Well, w- and that, of course, would be true collaborative problem-solving. Um, it's 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 hard sometimes because, um, you know, parents are going into the meeting thinking pr- primarily oriented toward their own child. And sometimes it's hard as a parent to take into account what the folks in school are dealing with. The school folks tend to be going into the meetings while they may be putting forth their best effort. I can't believe I didn't do that, but... <coughs> Typical of me, isn't it? Um, uh, parents or uh, school folks are going to the meeting trying hard to think about what life is like for this challenging kid, but perhaps primarily oriented toward what the needs of the school are. Other yeah. uh, students in the school, other parents who might complain if things are not going well with a particular student. Um, so uh, often having that meeting of the minds, as we might call it, given the dis- Disparate concerns of both parties is hard, but that—that that of course is what collaborative problem solving is all about.
0: You know, and it's not always going to work. I mean, there's no perfect solution, as we all know. I mean, my son is suspended, detentioned, all sorts of things over the years, and you know, a lot of times it is the fault of the school, of the the teacher, and not understanding and doing something you know wrong, but. I think as a parent, you can't expect it to go perfectly. And if you, if you have that assumption that once everyone's on board at school that you're, it's going to be smooth sailing, then you're going to be disappointed. So you just have to hope for the best and and um, you know hope that they get a little bit of it. And you know just try to work as hard as you can. But don't uh, don't try to be too disappointed when things don't work out well at school. I mean I. I always sort of lowered my expectations and then would be very happy when something
2: went well. (laughs) That's a really good point. Um, I just wanted to add one more thing, that sometimes over the course of the year through a conversation with one of the teachers, um, I know it's best to have a a core group of educators or um, ideally leaders in the school to get the CPS ball rolling, but um, not having had that, you might just find a teacher who um, might be open to a different way of doing things and helping a challenging child. So like you said, um, maybe you lower your expectations and are happy <laughs> when there's a uh, Positive along the way, um, finding another teacher, or you know, you just try to get creative. In my case, I'm um, passing out books to a few members of the school board who I know. So there's uh, there's different ways to get there, I guess.
3: It's a lot of hard work, yeah. no matter how you look at it. It's work it can be a full-time all-encompassing
2: process. That's exactly. Um, it is a full-time job. It
3: is. And you know what? I I and on one hand I agree with all of you um uh, uh, I can see about lowering those expectations. But at the same time my brain says, "No, no, I expect more." And I and I know that I set myself up for some disappointment sometimes, but it encourages me as a person to try that much harder. Uh, for my children and for any other children within the school um that we are in that are having or facing some of these same issues it- it for me it drives me to work that much harder to try to even find that one person within the school who says well wow, this is this is really something we could really run with this and um you know and, and take that and, and really go with it um so I' just wondering.
4: Oh, Go ahead. I was wondering if any of you have had um, success in in uh, getting support from one or two teachers without having them completely change their lenses.
0: Hmm. Well, I don't know. I kind and of the, think that some of the younger teachers have always been much more receptive to new ideas, and some of the teachers that have been in the schools for 10 and 20 years, um, some of them have not been as willing to change their ways. But I think some of the young teachers that are coming into the schools are being trained a little differently because they realize that there are a lot of kids in the school system these days that have a lot of different, complicated issues. When 20 and 30 years ago, it just didn't seem as common. And I think some of the younger—I—I I, I found in my past that the younger teachers that were just, you know, graduates and getting into these jobs in the in the public school system. We're much more open and receptive and much more understanding. I don't know what you guys think.
4: That's exactly the experience that we we had, too.
0: Yeah. We had a a new
4: teacher. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, some some teachers actually say to you, I remember one teacher said to me, Well, I can't change everything because of your child. You know, and it's not like I wanted them to change everything. I just wanted them to understand him and she just was not willing to budge at
2: all. It's and, a different perspective. Uh, sounds exactly. like the different perspective. sounds like the teacher was a black and white thinker.
0: <laughs> exactly. And there's there's too many of them, but you know, slowly but surely those teachers are retiring, I think.
1: Right. So you know it's interesting, I have run into um some pretty black and white, inflexible younger teachers too. Really? Wow. Uh, I, I I am sometimes I'm generally not seeing much correlation with age. I've run into some very seasoned teachers who um, sort of have the have have an interesting perspective on what has and hasn't worked over the years, and they've kind of taken the attitude, look, I you know I know that I'm supposed to send the kid to the principal when he acts up because that's what our rubric system says to, to, to do, but I, I never do that because I'm confident enough in the fact that I've been in this building a while, and I've been at this for a while, and I'm confident that I'll be able to work this out with this kid. So, no, I'm not doing what the school discipline program says I should. I'm, I'm doing collaborative problem solving. So it's sort of interesting that someone who has the benefit of experience may actually be feel more confident in not going along with something that they know well isn't working, Mm-hmm. And sometimes younger teachers feel uh, n- don't feel so secure in um, fudging uh, the rules and uh, doing what they think they know is going to work. And they also don't have the benefit of experience that says to them, well, you know, you did that for 10 years, and look at all the kids in your rearview mirror who you didn't help.
2: Well, mm-hmm. Why are you
1: going to do that still? So it, I, I just don't, I often don't find that there's an age. Correlation. Correlation. Age, Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are some pretty seasoned teachers out there who have that very wise look in their eyes and when you start talking about collaborative problem solving they are nodding knowingly and saying <laughs> many times saying where have you been
3: mm, my son had that that experience at his last school before we moved um they were a school who completely changed uh embraced <laughs> they went to your seminars and and everything. So uh, we were very fortunate in that school that wow, they really took it on. And and uh, and I had seasoned teachers say exact those exact words. Where have you been? Because this is a whole new way of looking at things. And boy, is it working. Um, I'm I'm a little bit more of an uphill battle at this point with our new school and our new situation, but. Uh, um but but i think you're right that sometimes those seasoned teachers that do have that confidence uh and are willing to you know like any person willing to look at those different perspectives willing to say yeah this is what it says we're supposed to do but we're we we know these kids well enough we know the system well enough we're we're going to really try something else um it's neat to see and it's encouraging for us as parents to see that it it can be changed it can make a difference and sometimes it's just that one person
1: Mm -hmm. That one teacher? There's there's nothing like, I mean, of course I have two kids. There's no better feeling. Well, I don't want to go that far. But what a nice feeling it is when you are connecting with a teacher and seeing eye-to-eye on your kid. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel very confident. What's that?
3: They're getting it.
1: They're they're getting your your kid.
3: They're getting it, yeah.
1: I mean, you're not there at school all day, and it's, uh, you know, as... um, uh, oh, geez, I'm forgetting the name of the author now. This is, this is genetic, by the way. My, my grandmother didn't call me by my real name for the last, like, 15 years of her life. It would take her, like, 30 names to get around to it. But um, there, there are people who have talked about the Sarah Lawrence Lightfoot, who, who um, talk about how hard it is for parents, and I think especially parents of behaviorally challenging kids. You're leaving your kid in the hands of other people for six hours a day, sometimes longer. And, um, boy, it feels good when you feel like you have somebody who's working with you and seeing your kid through the same lenses. And, boy, does it feel bad when you're dropping your kid off and you're really not sure that you've got that in place and you really don't know what your kid's in for on that day.
0: This is very true. And what about, I just had parent conferences with my son who um, doesn't have issues, and it was an awakening to me to see the different ways that teachers operate and talk to me and talk about him and their enthusiasm or lack thereof. So it, it, teachers play such a key role. And whether your child has a, a specific um, issue or not, uh, teachers are really key to how your child is going to be in school. That's exactly right. So, uh I mean, I fell in love with two teachers the other day and there were three that I was like I could understand why he didn't enjoy the class just by meeting these <laughs> teachers for 20 minutes. So, you know, and he can but he has the coping skills to deal with it. So, I can't imagine a child, you know, I can't imagine a child that doesn't have those coping skills <laughs> dealing with a teacher who is very uh black and white. It's an onward battle.
1: Mm. Sharon, you said something earlier about um, it's ongoing. You're, you're, just because you have it good now doesn't mean <laughs> it's going to stay good. No, but it I'm is not. ongoing. That's
0: right. I'm. I'm. Uh, my problem is ongoing right now. My son <laughs> left his school program two of uh, two weeks ago and decided he didn't want to go back to school anymore. So he's now home you know, in his pajamas 90% of the time <laughs> and, uh, you know, playing on the computer. So, you know, it's always a challenge to try to find the right combination uh, of school, uh, a job, uh, a passion, um, happiness, any, any and all may of not that. Work tomorrow. You know, what's that? Exactly. I I said what's working today may not work tomorrow. Exactly. But, you know, I've learned to try to be happy each day. And uh, so, you know, if tomorrow is not a great day and I'm not happy, there's always the next day. Mm -hmm. Trying to find solutions uh, daily and not get too frustrated by it. Because, uh, as my husband and I say to ourselves, this is an ongoing battle that's going to continue. And some days... uh, it's better than others.
3: First, we're always striving for balance. Exactly. We're trying to find that balance, yeah.
1: Exactly. And I guess I see it, um, you know, because collaborative problem solving is what I would call an incremental process, mm-hmm. um, In, I mean, even in real life, the solution to some problem, not necessarily related to a behaviorally challenging kid, but in real life, Problems are solved incrementally and continuously. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I remember getting out of my car yesterday, some problem had just popped up, and um, I was um, thinking that maybe I should get shook up about it. Um, And then I said to myself, um, geez, uh, you know, it's just a problem. Um, You know, when it's your own kid, it's it's greater in magnitude, especially if things are not going well. But, you know, in real life, it's, quite frankly, one problem after another. Unless you're leading a charmed existence, (laughs) uh, you've got problems that have to be solved. Um, And uh, those problems, even when you have a solution today, uh, you know, if you're lucky, you get a good run out of that solution. But then things change, and that solution sometimes doesn't stand the test of time. Most don't. Um, I find that with collaborative problem solving, a lot of people are hoping that it's sort of magic. Now that you're going about doing things in a completely different way, (laughs) the solution you arrive at should last forever, when in fact, in real life, that's not the way it is.
3: Um, I think the magic in it is is, teaching these kids the skills to solve problems. That's the magic in and of itself. You know, without that, they don't have the, the know-how, the power to uh, be able to eventually think it through and change it for themselves.
1: Which, of course, in my agree opinion, is the main main goal of parenting, which is, and I hate to say this because I'm not looking forward to the day, even though I know that it will be good for my kids, but the, the goal of good parenting is for your kids to be able to make it through life without you. Mm-hmm. Right and um, i'm i'm somebody who likes being needed but i also know that um number one i'm not going to be around forever and number two my kids are going to need to be able to do this on their own someday maybe the sooner the better let's give them as many opportunities as possible to get good at it because um well that's that's good parenting peter i'm sorry i interrupted you no no that's not fine um i was just thinking back to the caller's the the email where
4: she was trying to figure out if there are things at home that she could do without support from the school to help things move forward in collaborative problem solving. And I was thinking back to our own situation um, earlier this year. I found that my my older son was having a lot of problems reading, and he's, he's been having problems reading for about the last three years. And he found that one of his teachers is particularly good at helping people who are actually already quite good at what they're doing. And he was struggling with reading, he was having a lot of conflicts with this teacher. Um, And when we did some collaborative problem-solving at home, he asked us to to, uh, get a tutor for him for reading, which we did, and that brought up his confidence at home. And and then when he was able to um, read competently or or much better at school, um, he was able to solicit much more help from the teacher than before. And so I think that might be an example of where doing some of the collaborative problem-solving at home can potentially help them at school. I mean, he was clearly problem-solving at home and, and thinking about a school environment.
1: Good for him. Indeed. I mean, we often get the question, does the problem-solving that you're doing in one place or on one unsolved problem, even if it's the same environment, transfer over? And my answer always is certainly not immediately and certainly not on one trial but, um, you know, if, if a kid can hit a baseball um, in one city, can he hit a baseball in another? Um, if a kid can do math in fifth grade, then all things being equal, can he do math in sixth grade? Can he do math in fifth grade with this teacher but also with this teacher? Um, but I guess the crucial variable is, is the adult who's who he has an unsolved problem with willing to do Plan B with him? Mm-hmm. Because... Um, it's going to be very hard for a kid to do collaborative problem solving with an adult who's not exactly on board. But I guess my answer frequently is, you know, we have two options. We can have it going well in one environment and not in the other and continue working to have it go well in the other or just for the sake of consistency, you know, in traditional belief system, consistency is like the holy grail. We can have it we can do the same thing in both environments that isn't working, and at least have consistency. It's consistently bad. <laughs> um, consistently I'd causing more go- stress. What's that? Consistently, consistently causing more stress. Yes, I, 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 some of you know. I think consistency is overrated, especially when it's going bad. We don't want consi- <laughs> we don't want bad across the board. I'll take good in one environment any day of the week.
3: Yeah, why do we do that?
1: Why do we believe in consistency?
3: <laughs> yeah, why why do we continue as as you know, in different systems, not just schools, but yeah, if it's not working, let's change it.
0: But Oh, no, I've yeah. already changed it. <laughs> <laughs> I've already it. Cha- consistency is is too uh
3: it's so too disappointing. Sure.
0: <laughs> it's <Yeah>. too uncertain. <laughs> that's a better Isn't way to put it. It's too yeah. uncertain. Because <laughs> you just you never know. I mean it it could be the weather It could be clothes not fitting. It could be, you know, someone looking at someone the wrong way. You don't know what it is that's going to change the situation.
3: Any any number of you Yeah,
0: you just don't know. And you could have, like, one great week, and then you're like, wow, I've solved the problem. Things are terrific. And then the next week it all falls apart, and you're like, hmm, I guess I didn't solve the problem so it's it's a very emotional up and down roller coaster, but uh I think consistency is overrated
1: we we uh, seem to be on the same page about that mhm yeah so well, why yeah. do we think consistency is so important i i i know i was uh trained to believe that, but
3: um well i think we are too. Uh, from from childhood through school you know <laughs> I think even the untrained person is, uh, is trained <laughs> that consistency is the best way to go.
1: Well, my theory is that consistency, at least on the surface, appears to make it easier for the adult mm-hmm. because then the adult doesn't have to deal with inconsistency. They, they don't have to be quick on their feet. They don't have to be flexible. They can just wake up in the morning and expect that this day with their behaviorally challenging kid is going to look like every other day with their behaviorally challenging kid. And while that feels like a very efficient way to think, you know, today is going to be just like yesterday, I find that it actually turns out to be an inefficient way to think because you're going to get surprised a lot. If you're thinking your day with your challenging kid's going to be consistent or if that's what you're shooting for, um, boy, you're going to have an interesting day.
2: Yeah. I have I not don't... had
1: – oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Susie. No, go ahead.
2: Um, I was just going to say – consistency rolled out our windows about 10 years ago um we we just had um and once i accepted that it it was fine and it it taught me the skills that i needed in order to help our challenging child and i'm i'm a pro at being flexible now um i just that's a big get,
3: piece, isn't it, that we have to let go. It's huge. Parents. Just yeah. just yeah, that huge. Is a big piece. And every yeah. day
2: is different. Every you know what? Sometimes when every it's minute. really interesting, it's morning, afternoon, late afternoon and evening. You yeah. just um every every day is just different and 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 it's not the kids idea of having a great time either. You know, it's just it's what he or she needs and and it's our role as much as you can to try to when you can go along and help them, but these are these are very you know it takes time as the adult just to accept and to learn and to practice our own skills so that we can help them
0: right well, I think we we need to be consistent in our love and dedication yeah. to our kids because as long as they know that we are there for them, you know, we can get mad and lose our tempers and, you know, get into a shouting match. But Why,
2: whatever do you mean?
0: Yeah. We can uh, do that. But, but, at, but then, I, you know, but then I have to always say, you know what, you know we do this because we love you. We're here to support you. Mm-hmm. You know, just make sure that you always know that. So, you know, that, that always needs to be consistent, that they understand that we are sure. we are trying to help them and we are trying to support them and we will always be there for them. And I think that makes a huge difference. I think my yeah. son lost his way when he was in a very difficult time period when he was uh, an adolescent, um, which I, I guess he still is. Maybe we all are. But uh, when he was <laughs> a teen.
1: And now, That's um, good news for me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think they kind of, you know, don't really get it at all. And then I think they, all of a sudden, it clicks, and um, they do realize that they are loved and they are supported. And then what we do, we're doing for them. It's not just for us; it's for them and the whole family. So that's that. That always needs to be consistent. Mm-hmm.
3: They're not always you know, able the, to process oh, go ahead, that. Kristen. Like, i was Sorry, just gonna go say they're not always uh, able to process especially in the moment that they do have this support system but but that's what it comes back you're to you're absolutely that, yeah, right they
0: they, they cannot they
3: need right but they you know they do come back around you know once they're out of out of that space they come back around and, and they know they know where that hopefully you know for many children and it sounds like all four of us have kids have great support systems um that they have that and and without that driving force you know where are our kids gonna be i mean that that's a very very scary thought uh to think about that, but we are all striving to give them the tools and knowledge um like Ross was saying, we're not gonna be here forever so uh to let them carry on um into adulthood and and able to do that successfully
2: but I also think that that's one of the amazing things about collaborative problem solving is that Even though it feels like you're, you know, some days are certainly more interesting than others, the the child truly knows that you're there for him, and out of that builds a relationship, a helping relationship that's priceless. I mean, um, you know, we all build
3: strong bonds.
2: Yeah and and what better what better skill than to and and what better thing than for the child to feel like he's being listened to that you're not giving in you don't view him as bratty. you're just you're just there and trying to help
1: you know I'm reflecting on the fact that um still one of the leading interventions for behaviorally challenging kids. Uh, is founded on the belief that it's parental inconsistency that gives mm-hmm. rise to challenging behavior.
3: <laughs> and the
1: intervention, of course, is aimed at teaching parents to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And we're saying when, in fact, <laughs> Well, in fact, um, I'm reflecting on what real life requires. And uh, a friend of mine, Tony Wagner, who writes great books for educators, um, one of his more recent books talked about um, what – skills are going to be required. What skills are required for the real world and what skills are going to be required for the real world that is still evolving? And among them are flexibility, adaptability, um and problem solving. And I'm always baffled that that being the case, why are we so why are so many parents still receiving guidance that is oriented toward having them often robotically Rage, Enforce force consistency in the lives of their kids. Well, I must say, uh, my struggles in life don't come when life is consistent. No. My struggles in life come when I get the unexpected and I've got a big problem to solve. Boy, I'm, I, I sure hope I know how to do that, because if I'm expecting pure consistency out of life, uh, I'm going to be in trouble.
3: You've got those rose-colored glasses on.
1: Well, consistent, consistency can also get a
0: little boring. <laughs> Sometimes it's... No, nope, Sharon, uh, no personal information here. <laughs> so, you know, it's... Um, I don't know. Every day is a new day. Every day is has its ups and downs. When one door shuts, you know, some, the next day a door opens. So, I, I mean, that's what I find. Just when I st- sort of feel a little bit of despair creeping in over certain situations. You know, I'll get a phone call from someone that says, hey, uh, I got one today, as a matter of fact, that said, hey, my brother's opening up a new sort of group home right in the area, um, you know, for kids like your son. So, you know, if you ever think about that, you know, getting a room or buying a room for him or whatever, you know, it's a good time to do it. So, you know, something always comes up that's positive after something negative. That's what I always, I always feel like. You know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel.
1: I think that's a good way to feel.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, and sometimes you have to make it happen yourself. And I think other times we, I, I, I sit there and, you know, we'll sit for two weeks and don't do anything about a situation and just, you know feel bad for myself, and then I have to say to myself, you know, well, this is not accomplishing anything. I have to be proactive. So I think that's the job of all of us parents is to, you know, I think we get tired sometimes. You know, other parents have no idea what we go through and mm-hmm. how and tiring how it is and <laughs> mentally draining at times. And so sometimes you just say, I can't do it anymore, and and then you say to yourself, well, you know what, we don't have a choice. You have <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's, you just uh, have
3: to. Your reality. But, but you need a
0: you need a mental break sometimes, and just mm-hmm. to just to sort of chill, and then you have to kind of regroup and uh, and and start over again.
2: Jump back in. But but you're right in that um, it is giving yourself a pep talk pretty continuously and it is baby steps, a couple maybe mm-hmm. steps forward and maybe three steps backwards but you just Right and that <laughs> happens
0: all the time.
2: All the time. Right. right. Welcome to real all life. The
0: time. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All the time and you're right that is real life so as long you know and and, and everyone deals with it and I think if, if they tell you otherwise you know sometimes I, I feel envious of other people and you know what everything goes we don't know what goes behind anybody's closed doors everybody's got their stuff
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's just not as open as some of ours because ours is you know with our kids in school it was always sort of public in front of other people other people have the advantage plenty of people have the advantage of keeping their um uh, their problems quiet but you know ours were always sort of in the open <laughs>
2: under
1: the magnifying glass under the magnifying glass of the, <laughs> the playground yes so we have about a minute left in the program i, I want to help you guys feel good here and and mm-hmm. then i'm going to do a sales pitch and then then unfortunately we have to stop for the day which um always makes me unhappy because i love our parents panel here's an email ready for this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hello dr green yep. i woke up listening to you this morning on the radio i think it was probably one of these Uh, I want you to know how terrific it felt to listen to someone who... I teach kindergarten and use many of the techniques you talked about. So many times I feel like I'm a voice in the wilderness and trying to explain what children are really saying to us without saying a word. Thank you for making my day. So, parents panel, I'm hoping we made some other folks' days today. But now I want to read you another one, and we'll probably end the program with this one. Dear Dr. Green, the Lives in the Balance bumper sticker... If you haven't been on the Lives in the Balance website lately, then you don't know that there are T-shirts and bumper stickers helping you make a statement from Lives in the Balance. So here's an emailer saying the Lives in the Balance bumper sticker will be the first and possibly only bumper sticker to grace our family car. We are not usually given to public declarations, either political or personal, but the message needs to be out there. Kids do well Let's if see. they can. Agreed. Thanks for everything you do to advocate for children with behavioral, social, and emotional problems. And she's going to give her husband a Collaborate T-shirt under the tree this Christmas. On that
3: note,
1: That's let's great. end the program for today. I want to thank every, uh, our parents' panel for participating in today's program. I want to thank all of you for listening. Have a nice holiday. Talk to you next month for the next Parents' Panel and next week for the next Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. Take care.